the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider on a weekend marked by Palm Sunday and the start of Holy Week. After the news segment, stay right here for my guests in the interview segment. Two Chicago natives, the Boland brothers, Monsignor Michael Boland, consultant to Catholic Charities in Washington, D.C., after heading Catholic Charities in Chicago for 30 years, and his brother, Father Jerry Boland, pastor of Our Lady of Perpetual Help Parish in Glenview, Illinois. The two are in Rome at the same time. We have a long friendship, and I think you'll hear that in the wonderful, riveting conversation. But now, the news highlights. Saturday and Sunday, April 2nd and 3rd, Pope Francis was in Malta on his 36th foreign apostolic trip. As is Vatican custom, a pope speaks of a just-completed trip at the Wednesday general audience following his return to Rome. Francis did just that this past Wednesday, so stay tuned. Monday, April 4th, as is his habit both before and after taking a trip, Pope Francis went to St. Mary Major Basilica to pray before the beloved icon of Mary, Salus Popoli Romani. Tuesday, April 5th, the Vatican released the video of Pope Francis's prayer intention for the month of April. Francis asks Christians to pray for health care workers, and he urges governments to prioritize making good health care accessible to all. Wednesday, April 6th, Pope Francis presided at the general audience in the Paul VI Hall that was marked by a number of special moments after he spoke of his just-completed trip to Malta. At the end of the catechesis, Pope Francis said, The recent news of the war in Ukraine, rather than bringing relief and hope, attests instead of new atrocities, like the massacre in Bucha. Even more horrendous cruelty done even against defenseless civilians, women, and children. They are victims whose innocent blood cries to heaven and implores, put an end to this war, silence the weapons, stop sowing death and destruction. Let us pray together for this, and the Pope and the faithful did indeed pray. And yesterday, continued the Pope, precisely from Bucha, they brought me this flag. He then held up a very battered blue and yellow Ukrainian flag, and he said, this flag comes from the war, precisely from that war-torn city, Bucha. There are also some Ukrainian children here with us. Let's greet them and pray together with them. These children had to escape and come to a foreign land. This is one of the fruits of war. Let us not forget them, and let us not forget the Ukrainian people. It is hard to be uprooted from your own land due to war. Pope Francis then pointed to the small group of children, from a child, perhaps a year old, to one about ten years old, and asked them to come up on the stage. They did so willingly and stood around the Pope, one young man holding a drawing he had made. Huge, wrapped chocolate Easter eggs were given to each child. In his Italian-language catechesis about his just-concluded trip to Malta, the Pope highlighted its geographic position in the center of the sea between Europe and Africa that also bathes Asia. Malta is a sort of wind rose, he said, where peoples and cultures meet. It's a perfect place to observe the Mediterranean area from a 360-degree perspective. 
You heard the Holy Father use the expression wind rose. What is that? Well, before the use of magnetic compasses, a wind rose was a guide on mariner's charts to show the directions of the eight principal winds. Today, said the Pope, we often hear about geopolitics. But unfortunately, the dominant logic are the strategies of the most powerful countries to affirm their own interests, extending their area of economic, ideological, and military influence. In this scheme, Malta represents the rights and power of the small nations, small but rich in history and civilization, that should lead toward another logic, that of respect and freedom, of the coexistence of differences, opposed to the colonization of the most powerful. The Holy Father exclaimed, After World War II, the attempt was made to lay the foundations of a new era of peace. But unfortunately, the old story of competition between the greater powers went on. And in the current war in Ukraine, we are witnessing the impotence, the helplessness of the international organizations. Thursday, April 7th. The staff and seminarians of the Pontifical Teutonic German College met with Pope Francis on the occasion of the 500th anniversary of the papal election of Pope Adrian VI. He was the last pope from the Germanic world before Benedict XVI. Adrian ruled the papal states in 1522 and 1523. Pope Francis recalled his legacy, noting that his premature death kept him from filling any of his big projects. However, said Francis, his witness as a fearless and tireless worker for faith, justice, and peace remains fixed in the Church's memory. Pope Francis highlighted the sacrament of penance, and he reminded his guests of the need to listen to confessions with love, wisdom, and much mercy. This is important, he said off the cuff. The task of the confessor is to forgive, not torture. Be merciful, great forgivers, which is how the Church wants you to be. Also Thursday, the Vatican announced that Pope Francis has entrusted the preparation for the meditations and prayers for this year's Way of the Cross at the Colosseum on Good Friday to families linked to Catholic communities and associations carrying out volunteer service and assistance. The Via Crucis returns to the Colosseum for the first time since 2019. Friday, April 8th, the Pope received members of the Marcello Candia Foundation. In 1982, not long before his death, Marcello Candia created the Milan-based Marcello Candia Foundation to assist populations in need, in particular the very poor, by offering health and education programs. Most programs are in Brazil, where Candia lived for years helping the poor. The cause for his beatification opened in 1990. Confirmation of his life of heroic virtue enabled Pope Francis to title him Venerable in 2014. Also Friday, Pope Francis received members of the Superior Council of the Magistrature. Sunday, of course, is Palm Sunday and the start of Holy Week. So stay tuned to EWTN Television and News for the celebration of that sacred time at the Vatican and also in your local churches. Those are the week's news highlights, but stay right here for my interview with Monsignor Michael Boland and his brother, Father Jerry Boland.
He is honored by the church as a saint and the first diocesan priest to be declared a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. John of Avila was known to his contemporaries as a spiritual master, and he served as a guide to some of the greatest saints of the 1500s. He also called for true reform in the church and was a role model for the priesthood even today. He died in 1569. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. EWTN Radio posts 11 podcasts every weekday and over 60 per week. They're the perfect companion for the busy Catholics everywhere. With on-demand access to audio, you can pause and pick up right where you left off anytime, anywhere, and they're all free. Subscribe by going to EWTNRadio.net, then click on Podcasts. They're waiting for you. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome everyone to a new edition of Vatican Insider. And it's a pretty exciting show today because I have the Boland Brothers. Now, I know it sounds like a song and dance act, but these are two longtime brothers, priest friends of mine. We have Monsignor Michael and Father Jerry. Now, Monsignor Michael worked for 30 years in the Archdiocese of Chicago at Catholic Charities, is now in Washington with Catholic Charities as an advisor. And I have to tell you, what you did in Chicago, really, Monsignor Boland, Monsignor Michael, was so amazing. It was one of the most wonderful programs in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So vibrant, so wonderful, great people working for you. And you did so much for the people. And I'll never forget the best Christmas of my life. Yes. When, when I served the homeless for several hours at, uh, at your Christmas Day, you know, Christmas meal. That was wonderful, and I think I did a blog on it. Now, Michael's brother is Jerry, Jeremiah Boland, and he is the pastor of Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church in Glenview, Illinois, which I know well. I have a cousin in the parish. I know a few of the friends. And, and I have to say that between the three of us, the things that most bind us our mass and meals. Mm-hmm. Our, our friendship seems yes. to, uh, and the Eucharist, a meal in itself. So that's pretty astonishing. But what I want to do is just talk to you for a few minutes. You're in Rome together. It's really been quite amazing. And and first with you, um, Michael, you're here because of a meeting of Catholic Charities. So is this an annual thing? What's your schedule like? What, oh, that, what that, do you talk about? Yeah, this was the meeting with the Board of Trustees of Catholic Charities USA. So they were the trustees that represent all of the United States, the territories, and all the 50 states of the Union. And um, so they we come here maybe every two to three years and meet with the various dicasteries. So we met this time with the dicastery for human and de- um, develop, integral human development. We met with um, the refugee section, which obviously was very important to the work of Catholic Charities USA, sure. as well as dealing with the Ukraine uh, refugees of the moment, and um, the Joey just settled thousands of Afghan refugees, um, and helping obviously always helping and assisting on the border. So those are uh, very important discussions with Cardinal Cerny and Cardinal Farrell. Uh, we also um, met with Caritas Internationalis and. Catholic Charities is a member of Caritas Internationalis sure. and sits on the General Council. And um, so Sister Donna Markham, who is the president of Catholic Charities USA, um, led 
the meetings, um, and then we also had their board meeting here, uh, their quarterly board meeting. Instead of going back to being back in the states, it was done here. So it was really a tremendous. And yesterday morning, we were very privileged to be at the general audience with Pope Francis, and um, uh, that was a very moving experience, as always it is. Oh, it was extraordinary because. Uh, lately, be it the Angelus or be it the weekly audience, the Holy Father has done nothing really but talk about Ukraine. How could he not talk about Ukraine? And uh, certainly after the terrible tragedy, we all have seen the the awful images from Bucha. People, you know, shot in the head, executed, not just killed, executed. Uh, Children, everyone. And the Pope held up a flag that had been brought to him from Bucha. Yeah. It was the um, yellow and blue Ukrainian flag, obviously looked like it had been in a, in a war zone. And then he greeted, I loved this, he greeted a small group of children. It looked like the youngest might have been one year old, the oldest maybe 10 or something. And they all came on the stage. One of them had a beautiful drawing. And then each of the kids was given one of the great big, big Easter. wrapped Easter <laughs> chocolate Easter eggs. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The one little boy he, they kept, he kept saying, wow, wow. Oh. <laughs> it, was like, it was almost as big as he was. Oh, <laughs> you know, yes, you know, yeah. Because no. the way it was wrapped in that silk. Uh, the, the, well, they're like 18 front. inches tall, I yes. think, well, and, and even more with, yeah. with the wrapping. So so that that was pretty special. So, um, And then did you have a meeting with the Holy Father? Um, no, no, they did not have a yeah. private meeting with him. We um, just met with the people in the various dicasteries. Well, and the Holy Father had been gone for two days, too. He had his trip to, yes. to Malta, so, and that was last um, Saturday and Sunday. Yes. So now, what is the typical agenda? What you had this time, was that a fairly typical agenda? Finding out what various Catholic charities are doing, and then, of course, you have a tsunami event like Ukraine. Yes. Yeah, so they, they really do a, a, a reporting to the dicasteries, um, and the dicasteries really is wonderful where they gave... Cardinal Farrell and Cardinal Turney gave a, a kind of a state of what are the four or five hot button issues that they were, they're dealing across the globe, you know, sure. that they're dealing with, and obviously they're very similar to the ones that we're dealing with in the United States. So it was very good. It was. Um, Do you the, go home with a lot of new ideas then to bring back? To yeah, you? yes, and, and it just it, it kind of what it does is it reassures like the board of trustees that their work is greatly valued by oh, the yeah. Holy See, and also it does give them a broader sense too that even though. They have the entire United States to think about in the territories and dealing with all, whether it's been disasters in the United States, like tornadoes or earthquakes or all those kind of things we deal with in the fires out west. Yeah. And, um, and then dealing with just the issues of homelessness, mental illness, all those things. But to see that... Homeless the, veterans. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And then to see that on a larger scale, in um, to hear about it in the world, and to see what the issues of migration and... Um, has been caused in refugees and um, how they're being treated and cared for and you know and just seeing the tremendous sadness all obviously the Ukraine dominated the majority or or a major first part of the conversation because we've seen Ukrainians at the southern border already and um well, we're getting a notice in our, um, I got it just today from our pastor saying there's a federation of Christian churches in Rome that are asking people like me, parishioners, can we open our homes to um, to a Ukrainian a person, a family, a couple, whatever it might be. But you know, and I have an extra room, and I had thought about that, but I never thought about the fact of language problems. A person might need psychological help. You might have to start teaching them Italian if they're going to stay here and get a job. 
Yes. So <clears throat> I would have to really reevaluate my life yes. if I were to do that. Yeah. One of the things in the United States has been very blessed has been um, Airbnb. They have housed so many of the Afghan really? refugees in complete. Um, they, I think the gift was like two or three million dollars, and with all the refugees on the border, uh, the migrants on the border, not only um, Ukrainians, uh, I mean not, not um, Afghans, but all the people coming and processing the border, because the issue is they come across the border, but then they go into the interior of the United States, and that's where there's really such a crisis in housing. Oh, so, sure. So Airbnb has been very, very helpful. I mean, the, the owner has been very cognizant, and um, the owners of Airbnb, and we could never have settled the tens of thousands of people on the border who come into the interior of the United States if it wasn't for wow. that, um, that tremendous gift that allowed you know, for them to stay for a few weeks or whatever so people we could figure out where they can go and find out housing issues and stuff. You know, but. Well, you know, one time I was at a UN meeting on the Vatican delegation and somebody asked um, why on earth the Vatican would be attending an international meeting in Beijing or Cairo, whatever it was at the time. And Navarro Valls, the then head of the press office, got up and he said, well, in the first place, actually, Vatican diplomacy dates from the 4th century. And it is probably the oldest organized diplomacy in the world. Secondly, if you look at what the Catholic Church does throughout the world, the numbers of, for example, what Catholic Charities does, the number of welfare institutions, of hospitals, of leprosariums, etc. He said, if you took the Catholic, just the Catholic Church alone, not any other Christian organization, if you took them out of the statistics, he said, the world would be in a much more dire place. You know, so oh, yes, very much so. So you're going home with a positive feeling. Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Well, you know, I just want to say right here and now, though, anybody listening to me, and I'm going to put a link on my blog when I announce my guests, as I do every Friday, go to your diocesan Catholic charities. If you don't know about it, look at the work they do. You may end up volunteering. And if you want to spend a great Christmas or Thanksgiving, try joining Catholic charities and helping the homeless celebrate that same day we take for granted. Now to to our brother over here, to Father Jerry, whose job is slightly different. I don't know how many homeless you might ever have to take care of in a parish, but um, you are here because you're at the North American College's Institute of Continuing Theological um, Education. This was set up many decades ago for the continuing education of Catholic priests. Now, Jerry, you've studied here and you've traveled here, but what do you have to know as a priest that you didn't know before you came here? Why do you have to continue your education? Well, first of all, one of the best things about coming to Rome is to see you, Joan. <laughs> it's been great to be in this city with We've you. We've had some wonderful visits. We sure yeah. have. And um, I think for a priest to come to the city of the apostles and the martyrs is a very uh, profound experience. And also for most priests, for many of them, it's the first time they've been to Rome to experience the global church. Uh, in my group at the North American, we have priests from Zambia, the Philippines, Mexico, wow. Canada, the United States. Um, and so there's a lot of interacting about the pastoral realities we're facing. Wow, uh, sure. And uh, I'm also... Uh, we're so blessed. We have uh, classes uh, by these outstanding professors from the Gregorian and the Lateran and uh, the Holy Cross uh, University. And, uh, and the ones, excuse me, the ones that Father Jerry is naming, they're all pontifical universities in Rome. Gregorian, I think, is the oldest. Is the yes. Jesuit run. Right. 
Yes, and um, you know, I think as priests, like any professional person, it, it can be very easy to just uh, not stay up to date on sure. the changes. And you, you've had like extraordinary presentations. Like you take uh, ethics, moral and social ethics that a parish priest is facing now, gender issues, uh, the refugee huh. crisis, um, just the uh, secularization that's plaguing our world. And, we all f- have been reflecting on... Well, uh, issues that were probably not there when the two of you were no, little boys no, no. for your pastor. And by the way, folks, we have 75 years of priesthood among the two. <laughs> yes. I, I got the papal blessings for yeah. their yeah. 35th and they 40th this those. year. Yeah. So, yeah, there so, are different issues. Yeah, yeah. The, the world is changing so quickly, and uh, I think every priest uh, needs to take some, some time uh, to, to get... Re-energize, get your sure. spirituality uh, attended to. The, to I to think really you have to be reaffirmed in what you're yes. doing. Yeah. And there's just challenges, you know, and um, I, I see what happens to priests that don't take care of themselves. I was in priest personal work for many years, and, um, you know, it, there's nothing more sad than to see a priest that's totally burned out. Oh. Uh, and they um, get mad at the people, and the people are mad at him, and... Uh, it's because he just didn't take care of himself. So uh, the sabbatical is a great, a great blessing, and uh, be hard to beat the program here at the uh, North American College. Wow. Uh, it is uh, gives us a great mixture of uh, great theological education, spiritual formation. They encourage us to travel on the weekends. We get to know. Um, oh sure. Uh, and um, now, can you celebrate mass in different places when you travel? Because you've been to some astonishingly beautiful places in Italy. Oh my gosh! And yeah. your pictures. Hello. Are <laughs> uh, if you haven't followed him on Facebook, you've lost a lot. But do you get to celebrate mass? I never thought about that. Or does the priest have to get special permission from someone? Well, that, you just have to, like you know, we, last week we had mass at the tomb of Saint Francis. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, I mean, how awesome is that? Uh, we had mass at the Clementine Chapel here at Saint <gasps> Peter's. You know, oh. you're right next to the tomb of Peter. On the other uh, side of the grate is yes. the tomb of Peter. Yeah, over the so, altar. Uh, you know, we've all had these wow experiences of. Uh, you know, celebrating the Eucharist. Uh, you know, we had mass. Uh, we have mass on Friday at the tomb of Saint John Paul II, and oh. uh, we just can't wait for that celebration. Sure. Um, That's so so uh, they're very receptive. Whenever we go on a trip, the uh, local cathedral or if there's a church Good. of prominence, they really try to fit you in if they can. So. Now, I know that you are much loved in, in your parish, and that, it's a beautiful, beautiful church. Yes. I, yeah. I just, and you all take, you know, such good care of it, and of course, mm-hmm. COVID made things difficult. The yeah. church became the parking lot, or parking right. lot became the church, with outdoor, you yes, know, right. uh, drive-up masses. What are you bringing back from this experience at the continuing education? Well, I, I think um, the Eucharist is central to our faith, and... Uh, you know, with the shortage of priests, um, we just got to make sure as priests that we're as available to our parishioners sacramentally as we can be. Um, and I, I think we all felt that, you know, this secularization that's, you know, you have these, you know, young families, wonderful parents, but they don't go to church. You know, and how do we evangelize? Uh, how, how do they think their children are going to learn anything uh, if right. they're not? Engage. So we, we really have to look at new and creative ways of uh, reaching out to those who have fallen away. COVID has resulted with significant declines of people that just Actually got... Actually attending. Yeah, yeah, they just got used to not going to Mass. And so we've got our work 
cut out for yeah, us. Yeah, uh, really do. But if we don't get uh, people back, you know, I think that's one of the things we were all saying is, how do we get to these young parents? How do we get to the person that we haven't seen in a long time? You know, yeah. get on the phone, check in with them, yeah. uh, invite oh, yeah. them, you know. Uh, it, yeah, I haven't uh, seen you in a few weeks. Are yeah. there any health issues I should know about? And, yes. And then uh, you, you've penetrated, you've put your foot in the door and maybe can continue. You know, I think of the of the two, if you haven't talked that much over the years about your family, but I have, but it has to be our parents who, the two of you are priests because of what you had mm-hmm. in your family. Yes. A- and I think I am the person, my values and everything else because of what my mom and dad gave me. Yeah. And I mean, I was nine years old and I was already, we had children's envelopes in church. And I knew that supporting the church was, it might have been my nickel, but it was supporting the church. And saying the family rosary, visiting seven mm-hmm. churches on, on Holy Thursday. So many, many wonderful traditions. But all I can say is that faith was everything to them. Yes. Faith and family. And yeah, it was the way we were brought together. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, it was. They were the same. The faith and family were the same. Exactly. You know? There was not separation. You know. No. And I share a big surprise with you, Jill, that I didn't want anyone to hear about. But I was able to get rosaries blessed by John, uh, Pope Francis at the audience two weeks ago. Oh. So we're going to give those to the kids on uh, First Communion Day. Oh, uh, wonderful! See, that's with, a gesture, uh, yeah. and that'll mean a lot to the family. I'm too. sure they will. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Um, um, but th- these, uh, we just got to look at. These are good people, sure. uh, and um, you know, COVID has affected people emotionally, psychologically, and um, we really just got to start rebuilding adults our and little little kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I just all of a sudden how cre- we're creatures of habit. All of a sudden, Sunday it's gotten filled. It was always filled with other activities, but we got to reclaim Sunday in people's yeah. radars. That you know, a family that. That worships together it gets a strength that they can well, get. Well, Father Peyton said it, the family that prays together stays together. And, and, then, yeah, very much so. and, and you share that with all the generations. Because if the kids today aren't getting it, they're not going to be able to give it. Right. So, yeah. you know. Well, listen, our time here is, is very brief, although we've shared some, some meals in Rome, which is uh, not quite brief. But anyway, <laughs> our time is brief and it's about up, so I want to thank Monsignor Michael Boland with Catholic Charities USA and his brother, Father Jerry Boland. Two good friends, but best of all, two wonderful priests. I know that they're very special to the Lord. So thank you both for making time. Thank well, you. thank you for being in Rome together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was a great blessing. That's, that's so I think this is the first time the three of us were here at the same time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we've been here at different times alone. Exactly. But, uh, we've exactly. enjoyed our visits. Well, I'll close by saying God bless all of us. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank Take you. care. God bless. Happy Easter. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.